welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Today's December 14th, 2022. I'm Rick Morton, and this is the Defender Podcast. Well, thanks again for joining us here on the Defender Podcast. We are um, in the home stretch toward Christmas, and and as we're gearing up for the Christmas season, um, we wanted to uh, take on a topic that may be a little counterintuitive um, as as we think about the celebration of the holidays. And so today, um, we're going to to let you in on an interview that Herbie recorded with Anna Pauly. Anna is our manager of post-adoption services here at Lifeline. Um, and they're going to be talking about grief uh, in adoption. And, and I think that's a really timely topic and a really timely subject for us to talk about over the holidays because uh, many of us who have have adopted and, and are parenting kids that have come from a hard place experience the holidays as a little bit of a bittersweet time. We can have incredibly fun times, incredibly good times, but we also know that, that there can be those difficult times. And many times we think in terms of trauma and the results of trauma, but um, but sometimes what our kids are, are experiencing and, and what they're feeling, but what they're not quite able to to control or or to express is the fact that there's a mixture of, of sadness and, and a mixture of grief that comes along um, with the joy of the holidays. Grief about past circumstances, past hurts, um, things that they may have lost along the way. And so um, we really want to face into that subject to talk about it a little bit and maybe um, to give your family some insight that might help you um, as you navigate this holiday season. And so without further ado, we're going to jump right into the interview as uh, as Herbie sits down with Anna Pauly to talk about um, post-adoption grief. Well, Anna, you know, I think uh, I think there's a lot of of grief, unfortunately, that comes at this time of year, especially when we look at holidays. Um, maybe it's the the memory of a family member that's not there anymore. Maybe it's even just the change. I mean, I, I know a lot of times adoptive families don't want to say this, or foster families don't want to say this, but your holidays don't look the same because you've added a child into your home that's brought grief and loss and and and, and interruption. In, in what might have been a normal, peaceful time. So uh, first, let's just talk about what might grief look like for a family who's not yet adopted? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I really want to give a, a shout out to our China families. Um, but there are a lot of families that are currently in the waiting season and adoption comes with all kinds of bumps in the road. And so I think there are a lot of families out there that expected their child to be home by Christmas that are really grieving that disappointment. Um, and so I think that's something to to really be aware of that that can really affect our mood and our countenance during the season. Um, and so this is a really good time for families that are waiting to bring a child home um, to be aware of their personal responses to grief. Um, so what does grieving look like? Um, especially if you don't have a lot of grief in your background, how do you handle disappointment? What does this look like? Um, 
you know, physically, emotionally, um, how does this affect your marriage? These are really good things to make note of so that you recognize them even more because international adoption and, and domestic, um, come with, a, a, a variety of disappointments. And so if you're, if you're able to recognize your own triggers, what being stirred up kind of looks like in yourself, that can be really helpful in navigating future grief. Um, I think it's also a really good season for families to be aware of um, what Christmas looks like in their child's culture um, and really kind of look like, um, or look at what um, what holiday traditions from your child's culture that you may want to bring in, um, to your own family, um, see where there may be some room to kind of rearrange some schedules and, and try to prepare to welcome your child home, um, particularly in the holidays. Yeah. And certainly we know that, that for, you mentioned these China families, this hasn't just been one season they're going on you know, the the third year of, of this waiting, not to mention the waiting that they were going through even before the COVID pandemic. And, and there's just even the longing for maybe a family that's that's gone through domestic. You know, I, I know it's trite, um, but certainly I think a lot of ways we can do that, right, is to reflect back on Jesus who came to bear our gift. You know, a lot Absolutely. of times when we look at Christmas, it has become so much commercialized. But when we really realize that, you know, Philippians chapter two, Jesus, who did not account equality with God, emptied himself. So the, the God of the world limited himself to human form mm-hmm. and not just to human form, but to baby-like form. And so uh, I think just what a, what a great way, even as we're waiting to know that that we have a God that is is sympathetic and understands our weakness. And he can be our strength in time of weakness. He's a God that's waited. He's a God that's been patient. Um, he's a God that even as he seeks after our own soul has seen us go uh, array and awry and, and, and then come back. And so um, talk about maybe even how, how families can reflect more on the gospel during this grief of waiting. Absolutely. Yeah. I often say that adoption is low hanging fruit um, for the Lord to use as sanctification. Um, And that sanctifying process starts even before you bring your child home. Um, And so there is no grief. There's no disappointment. There's no challenge. That is a surprise to our God. Um, He knows that it's coming um, and he doesn't allow anything um, that he also is not willing and able to recycle for our good. And so um, as we navigate grief and disappointment, um, all, as difficult as it is, those are always opportunities for us to really humble ourselves and open up to the Lord. Lord, what is it that you're wanting to teach me in the midst of this? This is not what I had in mind, um, but you're allowing it for a reason. And I think being open-handed in that and really seeking him, um, I think the holidays takes a lot of flexibility. Um, and, and so recognizing those disappointments, it's easy for those times to be, um, to just get really frustrated. Um, and I think be honest with yourself about what those frustrations may be and give those to the Lord. He can handle, um, our, our grief and our frustrations and and we can bring that to him. Um, and especially in, in this season, um, he wants that from us. Amen. Well, and I want to protect, obviously, 
you know, you and Jesse's own story, but, but just to let folks that are listening know, you know, I mean, this is a weight you've been in before, right? You're not just someone who's helped others adopt, you know, you and Jesse have been through this process. So you even know what it's like to wait and you know what that grief is like to wait. Um, And so uh, that I know for a fact that, that, that reflecting back and giving that grief, giving that frustration to the Lord is something that you guys have practiced. So, uh, you know, Let's let's kind of transition now to what we don't really want to talk about, right? Because in a lot of circles, we talk about post-adoption. You know, everybody's worked to this point. Maybe even family and friends have helped you finance an adoption. It's been this joyous point. Now this child is home. And and in the world and the thoughts of most people, everything is now just great. It's it's yeah. you know, roses and it's fields and it's just pure joy and elation. Which is kind of funny even when you think about it, because any parent will tell you that bringing another child into your home, while it is joy because of the life that that child represents, it also brings change. It brings, uh, it, it brings you know, the death to old traditions, uh, to old things. You know, uh, a family that's having their first child has interrupted uh, the way that they have been in the past. And so we don't like to talk about the grief of, of, of lost traditions, the grief of, of kind of a new pattern, but there is grief, uh, even simple grief for those families that have adopted, not to mention grief that comes along when, when children are coming into your home with trauma. So talk to us about what grief might look like for a family who has adopted. Yeah, I think we sometimes have the misunderstanding that once we get our child home, that that's the finish line. (laughs) Um, And that's really just the beginning. Um, And so we've seen even just kind of in our own family, um, I didn't realize the expectations that I had for my daughter um, until they were missed. (laughs) But Christmas didn't go the way that I wanted it too, in a lot of ways, I um, just had this idea in my mind that, you know, my daughter who's never experienced such a lavish American Christmas was going to come in and just, you know, kind of have a twinkle in her eye and just be um, just so grateful. And I can't believe this is happening to me. And that was just not the case. Um, and, and I don't think that's unique to our family. I think that's not the case for most families. Um holidays are overwhelming. Um, and so, um, my daughter wanted to rip into the presents, not because she just was so excited and could not wait to get to the gift on the other side, but because she was very afraid of, I don't know what's in this box. And the mystery was a scary thing. And so then it wasn't until she was able to get the box open to realize, okay, I'm safe. But it took a minute for her to process, okay, there's not a monster in the box. It's something fun um, before she was able to kind of enjoy it. And that was um, a little bit of a surprise to me um, to see her kind of um, navigate Christmas that way. Um, So, yeah, so that was something that I had to process my own disappointment that it didn't quite work out the way that I wanted it to. I had all these visions in my mind of what having a sweet little girl at Christmas was going to be like. And, and our Erica is, um, she's spunky. Um, so it, it's been, um, a little bit overwhelming for Jesse and me as well, not just for her. Um, so I think Lynn did a great job talking about this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, but just talking, uh, about just a lack of, um, predictable schedule and overstimulation. Um, these are all things that 
can produce behaviors in our kids that um, are a little bit difficult for families to navigate. Grief is another reason that our kids can act out in kind of the same way. Um, and so if you're, if you've brought home a child who um, is old enough to remember what Christmas looked like in their home culture, um, that's something that they're having to work through. Um, and that's disappointment that um, they don't have the words or the um, emotional development to be able to come and say, Hey, mom and dad, I'm really disappointed that this is different. <laughs> um, and yet I think we kind of throw up our hands as parents, like, what is the matter? What's going on? Um, so it really takes a lot of um, patience and detective work on a parent's side to be able to work out what's causing my child's behavior. And, and it may be grief. And that may be something that your child may not be able to say out loud to you. Um, so again, just being flexible, keeping your hands open. Lord, what's the opportunity in the midst of this challenge? Yeah. And I think, you know, even especially when older children are coming into our home, you know, and, and I'm thinking specifically of maybe a sibling group that's been adopted from Columbia or, you know, a child that's coming to our home through foster care. Uh, we, we forget that that traditions at Christmas are different, right? And sometimes there's cultural things that are different. Sometimes it's just, hey, the family next door who might be Christ followers too are going to celebrate in a different way. Um, and, and so we're used to our traditions and our routines, but to bring someone else interrupts our tradition and routines. But I, I love what you say. It also interrupts kind of what, what they're used to. So what, what, let's talk about how to identify that grief. Cause you're right, especially for our kiddos, they're not going to go, you know what? I'm really upset. I really don't like this. You know, even for, for me, you know, not to identify my children, but I, I have two teenagers, uh, almost three. Uh, one of them is extremely good at identifying their emotions. Like, like they can say, this is what I'm feeling. This is why I'm feeling it. The other uh, cannot put a word at all to the emotion. And so some kids are going to, are going to naturally come with that. Some aren't, but, but help us know what does grief look like for kids? Yeah. So I think grief for anybody looks like a narrowed window of tolerance. So that can be, um, you know, just a, a lack of flexibility. This isn't what I had in mind. And so I'm going to throw a fit about it. Um, it can be um, for kids who um, tend to, when they get fearful for kids who are more of kind of the fight on the fight, flight, or freeze spectrum, um, they may get more aggressive. They may look more defiant. Um, it's a little more of this just I, I can't tolerate the the differences or, or the missed expectations. Um, and so that kind of aggression or regression, um, you may see a lot with some of those kids. Um, for kids who kind of, whose fear response may look more like a flight or freeze, they may just huddle into their shell. Um, they may have a really hard time um, talking, especially when you get together with extended family, maybe people they don't know very well. Um, if they're in a flight or freeze kind of state, um, those expectations that parents may have, you know, go up to grandma and say, hello, say, thank you for the gift. They may just not have the, the brain capacity in the moment, their window of tolerance to be able to, to step out of that comfort zone and say, okay, this is how we, um, this is how we conduct ourselves during Christmas. They may just not be able to do. Um, so I think being aware of those things, instead of pushing in and saying, 
no, you must say these words to your grandmother or you, um, you will not speak to me that way. You will not be defiant. You know, those kinds of things. I think it really takes a lot of insight for a parent to recognize, okay, my child's window of tolerance is really narrow right now. What are some things that we can do to maybe make them feel safer, help them understand what the expectations around Christmas look like. So maybe we can expand that window of tolerance a little bit. Um, and that takes a lot of um, preparation and thought process. I think it really takes a lot of good conversations between mom and dad, um, because if we're not communicating together about what the day is going to look like, um, Hey, honey, I really think my child need, I think our child needs a snack at this point. I know that's not when we said we were going to eat or whatever that may look like. Um, some way to kind of be consistently aware of how can I grow my child's window of tolerance? I think we kind of have the expectation that grief just looks like kind of huddled in a ball and crying. And maybe it looks like that, but maybe not. Um, but just because it doesn't look that way, doesn't mean that your child isn't grieving. So really pay attention to those things and maybe your child isn't grieving and that's great. Um, so we don't want to read into something that's not there. Um, but do be, you know, just kind of be aware, pay attention to, to what your child is feeling and, and go there with them, be really emotionally present and sit with them in wherever they may be. Yeah. And you know, I think even as a parent, going back again to God's grace, we need God's grace in those moments because a lot of times the disappointment that these that our children may be experiencing are are, are things that that are going to be heartbreaking to us. Um, or it could even be that it's it's personally something that we enjoy that that that's causing them stress or causing them anxiety. Um, you know, that's one of those times where, where as parents, we need the grace of God in those moments to be understanding, uh, to seek understanding, to seek uh, what's best for our child. And that's that's hard. That's difficult. That doesn't come easy. Uh, and we need God's grace in that. And that can ultimately sometimes lead to our grief, right? And, and we've talked about it, not only the grief of our loss, but even the grief of when maybe our child's coming and going, I don't like the way we do this. Uh, what does grief look like for parents and and what are some steps that you would give for parents to help navigate through that grief? Yeah, I think, you know, it's easy for us to talk about everything that our kids have been through. We talk about that a lot. Um, we sometimes neglect thinking about ourselves, kind of like what you're saying. And so the holidays can really put a spotlight on um, some painful parts of our own story. Maybe this has been a disappointing year. Um, and Christmas and New Year's kind of puts a, a, a like I said, a spotlight on uh, just kind of the summation of this year not meeting our expectations. That can be a grieving thing. Um, maybe there's a loved one that's not there this year um, that you're that you're grieving. Um, these kinds of things are really going to affect your own window of tolerance and the way that you are able to respond to your child. So if your window of tolerance is narrow and your child comes in and isn't able to handle the holidays the way that you need them to be in order to get through this um, difficult but also wonderful season, um, our own ability to respond appropriately as parents, um, our, our own grief can really um, be a barrier to that. Um, so I think recognizing um, physically, how are we feeling? Are we just a little bit off? Um, 
maybe it's hard to put into words, but I think recognizing um, how we feel, I, I think for me, a lot of times I get a little bit frantic. Um, if things don't go exactly the way that I need them to, or that I want them to, I get quite frustrated. Um, I catastrophize, like if this doesn't go well, well then what does that mean for the future? Um, and, and those kinds of things, um, that is sometimes what, what grief looks like for me. And it may look a little bit different for you, but really being aware of how grief kind of manifests itself in, in your own heart. And again, really being open with your spouse and with your support system um, and just being willing to say out loud, hey, um, today's a hard day. Um, and I don't know what all that means, um, but just being able to acknowledge what you're going through, I think is really a very simple, practical first step to being able to manage it well. Um, I think it's really important for parents to keep in mind that this is a season. Um, so if you're having a, a hard time, it's not going to last forever. Um, especially if you're navigating your child's you know, disappointing reactions or maybe regression. Um, this is really not the time to, um, uh, evaluate whether, um, your child's behavior is, is indicating a future trajectory. Um, it's not a time to evaluate whether your own behavior is indicating a, a, a future trajectory for what the next year is going to look like. This is a season, um, his mercies are new every morning. And so we need to hold on to that, that it, it's not going to be this way forever. Um, I think practically it's really important for parents to find ways to fill up our cups um, throughout the season, um, as opposed to escaping. I think it's really easy for us to think, you know, self-care is, you know, I'm going to escape on my phone for a minute or watching a show. Um, and, and really that's not doing anything to fill up our cups or to help us navigate our own grief. Um, we all have different things that kind of, um, that are soul filling activities. Um, and so building those things in like taking a walk, um, having a conversation with a, a close member of your support system or your spouse, um, listening to an uplifting podcast, um, do not neglect time in the word. Um, it's really easy for us to get busy and our normal rhythms of, um, you know, whether it's getting up and spending time with the Lord over, you know, a cup of coffee, um, that can easily go out the window when we're running around, um, trying to get holiday stuff together. Um, and so those kinds of things can make us feel depleted on top of the fact that I'm also navigating all these disappointments in the, and this grief as well. So it can be kind of a compounding problem. And then we get to Christmas day or new year's and we're exhausted and we're like, what, what happened? Um, so those are little things that, you know, as you recognize, especially physically, how am I, uh, how is grief impacting me? Um, take a minute and, and do something that's going to fill up your soul so that you're able to um, give back to your family or, or be emotionally present with your child. Yeah. Amen. And I, I, I think, wow, that last one, it's so true. I think when we get busier and when things get more hectic, when the routine stops, you know, even for those of us who, who kind of thrive in chaos, routine is also something that is, is so needed. And a lot of times when our routine gets out of whack, 
the first thing we neglect is our time in the Lord. And and how how ironic that a season that's about worshiping the coming Christ, uh, that that we now have access to the Messiah because he's come to redeem us. That's sometimes the first thing that kind of goes by the wayside for everything else. And so uh, just just we would implore you that, that the Lord is good. He's close to the brokenhearted. Uh, he is tender. His mercies are new every day. And, and he will heal you and he will help you. And, and his tender mercy is everything that you need. But Anna, I mean, th- these are just great, just practical steps as well uh, to, to really lean in, to identify, to help. Maybe what are some closing things that you would have that, that you haven't covered yet that you'd be like, hey, this is something I'd want someone who's experiencing grief and loss during the holidays. This is something I want them to kind of take to the bank. Yeah, I think the main thing that I would really want families to hold on to, um, one thing is prayer, which I haven't really touched on, um, but just really good self-awareness and then take whatever is going on in your heart to the Lord. Um, if you're frustrated, take 30 seconds and close your eyes and, um, just give it to him. Lord, this is how I feel. And I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm frustrated. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm, I I don't know how I'm going to manage these in-laws, whatever the thing is. Um, if you are able to release that to the Lord, um, he's, he's not neglecting you. Um, he has something that he wants you to learn. Um, there's a sanctifying moment. And so don't miss those opportunities. It's very easy for us to miss those in, um, the, the mundane things that we have to get done, um, or that feel so important in the midst of the holidays. Um, but just, yeah, remaining close to him, be kind to yourself as you navigate your own grief during the holidays. Um, look forward to new mercies in the new year because they are there if we're able to keep our eyes open and watch for them. Amen. Well, Anna, we thank you so much. And we're so grateful for your ministry to families and to children and the way the Lord has used you. And again, I would just like to say if if you're a post-adoptive parent and you're experiencing this grief and you're like, hey, this is great, but I really could talk to someone. Don't forget about our family coaching. I know Anna would love to to bring those resources to bear for your family and talk specifically about what might be going on. We also have counselors here available if you need someone to go more therapeutic and deeper on some of the things that you might be experiencing. But just know that we stand here ready to help because our hope and our prayer is not that just children will come into families, but ultimately that their hearts will be reached for the hope of the gospel and the power of Christ Jesus. And so we're grateful for the Polly family. We're grateful for their ministry both in North Alabama, in the church, and here at Lifeline. We're grateful for you that listen, and we look forward to getting back together at the first of next year in 2023. Hope you have a blessed Christmas and that it's full of the richness and joy and peace of Christ. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.